Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be It Works, How and Why Studying Commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, It Works, How and Why. Alright folks, this is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there are going to be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text toward reaching those seeking a resource like this. We know if one person benefits from our efforts, we collectively believe, even including us, then our participation was well worth the effort. We're going to start off with our introduction, and then we're going to jump into the text. Get a pen, a highlighter, and get ready to go. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. It's episode 37. It works how and why study for the anonymous podcast. We're going to begin on page 132 with anonymity, the spiritual foundation. But first, we'll give our introductions. Eric, what's happening? What up, what up? I'm an addict. My name is Eric. Uh, my clean date is September 16th, 2019, and my home group is Friday Night Clean in Bradenton, Florida. Thanks, Eric. What's up, Lisa? Hey, my name is Lisa H. I'm an addict. My clean date is February 25th, 2012. My home group is Monday Night Miracles in Meadville, and I attend meetings in Central Western PA. Thanks, Lisa. What's up, Jennifer? Hey, everyone. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992. I attend meetings in Sacramento, California. My home group is The Journey Within. Thanks, Jennifer. What's up, Christine? Hey, everybody. I'm Christine O. My clean date is March 31st, 1994. I attend meetings in the Virginia Beach and Tidewater area, and I do not have a home group. For clarification. <laughs> Just bash her on the Facebook page. You fucking. <laughs> I already kick it over to the Open Minds crew. What's up, Lee? Hey, everybody. Lee P. Attic, uh, clean date, 827.87. And like Douglas just said, my home group is Open Mind Monday nights. Thanks. Thanks, Lee. What's up, Paul? Hi, everyone. I'm Paul. I'm an addict. My clean date is January 6, 1995. I attend meetings in New Orleans, and my home group is Open Mind. Thanks, Paul. What's up, Barb? Hey, Douglas. My name is Barbar. I live in Florida in the Panhandle. My clean date is October 4th, 1995, and my home group is Open Mind. Thanks, Barb. I'm an addict. Name's Douglas. Got clean March 12, 2000, Southwestern PA. Stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. Will's going to jump in later whenever he gets home, and so he's not driving and talking, and so he'll introduce himself then. So, all right, here we go, folks. Episode 37, It Works How and Why Study for the Anonymous Podcast, page 132, with anonymity, the spiritual foundation. Lisa, can you kick us off? We're just going to read one, make comments, and then the next reader will we'll finish tradition one out. Sure thing. Anonymity, the spiritual foundation of our traditions, supports NA unity as well. When we apply anonymity to the first tradition, we overlook the differences that would separate us. In the context of unity, anonymity means that the message of recovery is for every addict who wants it. We learn to set aside our prejudices and focus on our common identity as addicts. Each of us has an equal right to and responsibility for the well-being of Narcotics Anonymous. Uh, so whew, on the spot a little bit. Um, I really, I like this piece a whole lot because Anonymity, I think, is something that I continue developing an understanding of, right? Like the reading on the traditions talks about how understanding them comes slowly over a period of time. When I first got here, I thought anonymity just meant like you didn't know my last name. And I know we've said that like a thousand times. And every year that I'm clean, that understanding deepens a little bit in terms of like the application of humility, um, and kind of setting the me aside and letting the we take over, right? Um, I had a sponsor early on who taught me that um, when I becomes we, illness becomes wellness. And I like had to write it down to really see what she was talking about. Like when I becomes we, illness becomes wellness. Um, you know, and I love that this ties into like the 12th tradition um, and a bunch of other places in our literature um, especially the message of recovery, right? I can set aside all of the reasons why I am separate, different, and alone 
and I can come together with all of you guys. And it's crazy because like, as I'm even thinking about this right now, like I look at the screen, you know, and what do I have in common in daily life with Lee from New Orleans, right? <laughs> like, I no, Lee, stop. I'm going to roll up a newspaper and hit you with it. Um, you know, or like Eric in Florida, or, you know, I, I can look at the screen and see like all of the differences between all of us. But then I also look at the screen and I see my family, right? I see people that, you know, I cannot imagine my life without today. Um, when, if I had met these, some of these people on the street, I would have just been like, we have nothing in common and we would never be friends, but here we are. Um, you know, and that allows me to connect. It allows me to become vulnerable. It allows me to share all of that shit that like, I never wanted people to know, right. I would rather put dope on that shit than share it with you. Because if I share it with you, you can use it to hurt me, but you have it too. Right. And like coming into NA taught me how to like shut the fuck up long enough. And anonymity taught me how to put my shit aside long enough to hear my story come out of your mouth in a way that has been healing for me. So with that, I will pass. Thanks for those comments, Lisa. I couldn't agree more with that about the anonymity piece and stuff. And it kind of <clears throat> like I'm I'm real sensitive to when I hear like, you know, at the end of meetings, sometimes we'll say, hey, you know, someone give us a little rundown of a few things and then one is anonymity and they're like what you hear here when you leave here let it you know hear here you know and all this shit it's like well that's you know okay but anonymity really does you know it allows me to like i'm not my profession you know i'm not my uh you know social economic status when i come in i'm whatever you know i'm an addict who's desperate for a day clean just like you are and in that context man i think it's really cool and i identify with what you were talking about about on the screen and stuff. And Paul, I always, you know, I share this as an, you know, when I'm speaking and stuff about you becoming my sponsor and bro, boy, down a lot of differences, you know, just like a lot of, you know, a lot of differences, but man, it couldn't be a better fit, you know? And that's a cool message of like how anonymity is like, because like what, what I looked at, at, at it's not, it's not this outside thing or not even an outside thing. It's not like this life situation, that life situation, that, kind of what what Lisa you had said this a while ago I thought it was really cool it's like bro the, the does the person have do they want what they have and that's super attractive man and then it's like is there a connection there and you know and things like that that's anonymity that's like the application of what anonymity looks like in my life another comment here is like you know the message of recovery is for every addict who wants it like I I don't um my responsibility does not go into if they want it, but my responsibility does provide that message. And what is it? Is it any addict can stop using Jennifer with me? Drugs, right? Lose desire yeah. to use drugs. Yes. Right, right, right. Stop using drugs. Yeah. Lose a desire. Yeah. And and find a new way to to live. And and um and that's where my responsibility is to make sure it's available, you know, and make sure make sure it's a clear message. And then that feeds into that last sentence. Um, the equal right and responsibility. Now I got clean with a home group, you know, my first seven years, my home group was very, um, and they still are, and they're good people, man. I can't wait to link up with them. I'm going over Christmas, you know, for a few days up there and I'll link up with the squad, a very militant man. Like, I mean, you know, uh, you're not getting up to piss, you're not getting coffee during the meeting, you know, and stuff like this. And, and, um, and in season and there, like, I thought that's what, you know, the well being of NA. Now, I've, my life circumstances or experiences have kind of changed, you know, some of my perspectives on that, but I struggle with this, man, just to be clear, you know, I struggle with where, where, where does, where's my responsibility and like what, what, what's included in that about protecting the well-being of NA, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I really think, and some, some of it, I think it's just like getting older, man, like the fucking older you know, fatter I get. Like I don't have energy to to be doing all that shit. Like my life's busy enough. I can't worry about everything that you're doing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, is it is it not looking at me when I take your inventory? Is it every time? Do I have a responsibility to take your inventory? You know what I'm saying? The dudes, the dudes who twelve step me, man. Like they took my inventory. They they tightened me up when I needed it. So I struggle with that. I just wanted to share that. You know, to 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 tie that up. What up, Lee? We are each other's eyes and ears, aren't we, uh, Douglas? 
Lisa, thank you. And I sat down with the neurological psychologist for an hour today, and he wrote up the newspaper and beat me with it pretty good. So you don't have to worry about it uh, just for today. Um, but the amount of times unity is is in this tradition and you know anonymity, which was clearly explained just now, uh, is important. Um, and then Douglas was talking about that last sentence again. You know, everybody has an equal right to and a responsibility for the well-being of Narcotics Anonymous. One of one of those things those older members drilled into us too, Douglas, is that we weren't doing all this stuff for us. And it took me a long time to understand that, that I was working on, you know, creating a safe space for an addict who had not come yet. Uh because the self-centeredness is the is the nature of our disease. So it took years and years of practice of, before that even kind of broke through to me, you know, how important uh unity actually is. And <clears throat> we were we were at a function this weekend and then at home group last night, and somebody was talking about some stuff at area and you had before we got started in the pregame, we were talking about dinosaurs and, and one of our old, older members with a little bit more time than me. Uh, and, the, and that word prejudice is in there. Uh, he's the last member of, of the two sides of what split up the New Orleans area on, on racial boundaries. Um, the rest of them have all died off and and uh and i'm not going to go into my thoughts because it's just not it's not even worth it like you just said do i need to really engage myself in in what they're doing i rather i rather get a good night's sleep tonight um but i do understand my responsibility to unity uh to keep a door open and you know a cup of coffee ready for for the member who's just going to show up tomorrow night or tonight at the meeting for the first time so thanks thanks for those comments lee it's really cool to kind of recalibrate our perspective and say you know the the, the atmosphere of recovery it's cool it's for us to benefit from it but it's it's for that addict getting clean too so they have the fellowship that we got clean in you know, available to him. Yeah, thanks for that, bro. Hey, Paul, would you be willing to read the 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 final two in this or on a tighten up tradition one? Sure. <clears throat> Just as anonymity is the spiritual foundation of our traditions, the unity spoken of in the first tradition is the practical foundation on which we may build strong and successful groups. Each succeeding tradition builds upon the strength of our unity as a fellowship, recalling the vital importance of the common welfare to each individual member and group. With unity as our practical foundation, we find that our relationship with one another is more important than any issue that may arise to divide us. No problem or disagreement is more significant than our need for each other's support. The fundamental importance of our common welfare strengthens our understanding of all the other traditions. Many questions can be answered simply by determining how the action we contemplate will affect the unity of the fellowship. Will it serve to divide us or will it bring us closer together? Unity is the spirit that joins members around the world in a spiritual fellowship that has the power to change lives. By striving to see beyond our individual ideas and interests of our own group, we come to understand that the common welfare of all NA must come first. Through our trust in a loving higher power, we find the strength to work together toward our shared goal of recovery from addiction in the unity that grows in trust, we are ready to work together for our common good. Yeah, I think for me, that unity piece is not so much a cerebral act. It's it's a physical presence. Like I don't need, you know, we were talking about anonymity and I and my last writings on anonymity when I was finishing up the uh, Guiding Principles book was it's not like that, like uh, Lisa said earlier, you know, what you hear, who who you see here, let let it stay here kind of thing. It's what does, if things, if having no name is so important, what are the things in my head that I don't need to name? 
unworthiness, unlovability. You all are out to get me in this group. I can't be here. I can't be here because I am not welcome or whatever the, the, the prevailing thing. What are the things that I don't need to name? And sometimes just not naming things and being present is the unity that I need. Like uh, Lee was talking about last night, there's a member in there that I, I assume that he's referring to who is challenging. <laughs> that sounds like my mother talking. That's a very, very uh, British way of saying a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, you know, He's going to keep coming to the meetings. I need to keep coming to the meetings. I can't be in my head about him at the meeting. I hug him and then I just walk away. That's it. That's as good as it gets. And I, <laughs> yeah, I'm like the pit boss at a casino. I just raise my hands and walk away from the pit, you know? <laughs> and, and that's, that's good. That's unifying because I hugged. And I don't have to name why he doesn't need to be there in my head. You know what I mean? Or to challenge him or to get, you know, you know, that's that's a young man's game. I'm too old for all of that. I don't I don't need I want less drama, not more drama. And there's only one person who's responsible for the drama in my life. That's me. I can I can avoid it. And so, um, and, and it's, it's, it is a foundation. It is a practical foundation for this, this unity. And, and here's the thing, just keep showing up. That's unity enough. Just keep showing up. That's what I need to do. And I, look, this is a very big week for me. I'm making some big decisions about moving across the country, about quitting my job. I'm going to give notice tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, it's a big deal. I'm, I, I'm I'm moving to Utah or and California to do work that I'm have, you know, I'm making a big transition and um and I, you know, I'm scared. And, and that fear is that I'm not gonna have a third step, that I'm not gonna be taken care of, that I won't be have the people in my life. And and the simple act of unity by showing up for 90 meetings in 90 days when I get there and Attaching myself to the fellowship there will be how this works. And it will be the foundation, again, that I did here, that I did in Pensacola, that I continue to do all the time to be a part of. Whether you're a newcomer just walking in and listening to this, or you're a 28-year-old fart just walking into a new room. It's, it's the same process. It's the same becoming a part of. In spite of the voices in your head that says, unworthy, unlovable, nobody will like you, you won't fit in, all of that other shit. So uh, we have finished tradition one. Thank you. Thanks for those comments, Paul. And for the folks listening in, and, and you know, Paul's moving out to Utah, half time and then maybe California, you know, back and forth to kick off his porn career. Is making a little tour, like a little stop-in tour, a traveling tour. Yes. Drop the OnlyFans subscription, Paul. Oh, <laughs> run away, run away, hurry. <laughs> What's up, Eric? That's just his hobby, not his career. Um, so this is weird to me that they delineate uh, spiritual foundation and practical foundation um, because, you know, I found that if it's not practical, it's not spiritual anyway. You know, and I'm not sure if that, I think that comes from our literature, but I could be off base. And, um, but I like that it talks about how important it is, right? Each succeeding tradition builds upon the strength of our unity and then the fundamental importance of our common welfare strengthens our understanding of all other traditions. And, um, you know, I was thinking about what Doug was talking about, like what my responsibility is. And like, you know, when it comes to maybe taking somebody's inventory or I call it telling the truth, you know, and then I got to consider like how I'm telling the truth. Um, you know, and I noticed it's a lot diff more, more difficult for me with uh, uh, my, a family member that I'm close to and emotionally involved with. Um, and that can be different levels for friendships too, man. Like I can get frustrated more easily and um, maybe come across as less kind, uh, a little bit more uh, blunt, you know, what's the other saying? I like that. Uh, 
honesty without compassion is brutality, something like that, you know, so it's like, not always what I say, but how I'm saying it. And like, I think it's beautiful that these are things that I even consider today. You know, and if I'm not considering these things, then I'm probably not in such a spiritual place. If I'm just fucking full steam ahead, knocking heads off and like feeling very justified about it. Eh, you know, I might want to be talking to somebody, man. And um, know, it's just a beautiful thing, man. Like uh, keeping that as the importance, man. Like, will this bring us, will it divide us or bring us closer together? You know, like I see it a lot in um, service and H&I and stuff like that, where we want to, you know, addicts are dying out there, man. Addicts are fucking dying and we want to get the message out there. And then we start to like, want to cut corners man you know what i mean we want to like not consider and have like a group conscience on how we should go about doing something for instance there's a new facility that just opened up and they it's a doc facility and they want the people to get oh, it's a fucking long process to get accepted into this place man fingerprinted orientated all background check all that shit um and they're they're on our ass so we've got two people it's a female only facility and we've got two people that are approved so far to go in there and they're like we need you in here now you know and, like these two people are like well I think I'm willing to like nobody, you know, anybody that's been in service for a while is hesitant to carry a whole commitment by themselves, right? Like for good reason, burnout, being solely responsible. Like it's just all kind of things that make us go, maybe we should practice a little bit of uh, patience here. You know what I mean? Like some consideration, you know, which is in direct conflict with these addicts are dying right now and we need to fucking help them, you know? Um, so we get to talk about that and make a, and, and make a decision, um, which is uh I don't know, man. I'm so grateful. So grateful that that shit keeps me in, in line with what is, uh, you know, my primary, primary purpose and how we go about it, man. Fundamental, you know, uh, without the unity, like this thing won't survive. That's it. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Eric. What's up, Christine? Hey, when, um, when Paul was talking about details and, you know, like what to share, what, you know, what, what don't I need to, to name it always makes me think about this is one of those blips from the literature that sticks out in my head that I say on a regular basis as we tell our story in a general way, you know, the, um, the anonymity was so has gotten so important to me like in the very beginning when I was new like I only wanted you know I thought that people who had done the drugs that I had done like those were the people that could help me because I didn't I wasn't I mean I was a low bottom addict but I still had some place to live and um I wasn't like I wasn't a homeless junkie under a bridge, which is what my mental picture of an addict always was. So um, when I first started going to meetings, like listening to the details of other members using what they used, how they used, even though in the literature it said, we don't care about any of that. It took a long time for me to realize that the common thread was the desperation. It didn't matter what you used. It was the feeling before making that final admission of powerlessness. Like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and that's so important to me today because I see people who struggle with that, you know, and where it says in here, no problem or disagreement is more significant than our need for each other's support. Man, I'll never forget my sponsor telling me, you don't got to like it, bitch, let her save your life. You know, I mean, <laughs> you have to set that stuff aside because I can get a life-saving message today from someone who I know by watching them in their life doesn't live it. They talk it, but they haven't gotten to the place where they're actually living what's coming out of their mouth yet, but they're saying great stuff. Um, I went through a phase where I was very judgmental about, yeah, I see how you live. You know, you're not walking that, but there were newcomers. There were people in the room who weren't privy to the information that I had been privy to in watching this person's journey all these years, but the message was still there. Um, also with um, where it says we learn to set aside our prejudices, you know, this has always been um, one of those things for me that 
I don't know how else to put it other than I was raised by Archie Bunker. So I'm like going to age myself here a little bit. Some people know who Archie Bunker is and some people don't. But my dad was like freaking Archie Bunker. He's, uh, you know, but a Southern uh, version of it. So when I, um, when I first got clean, the racial boundaries were, it was all very new to me and, um, or the lack thereof. And I will tell you that all of the meetings I went to in my first year were majority meetings of color. And it was so foreign for me to be in that atmosphere. But I'm going to tell you, they loved me up more than the women who looked like me in the white meetings. I was more accepted in uncomfortable situations for me. And the first time I ever spoke at um, convention, it was in a woman's rap. And I was able to freely talk about um, the prejudice I had when I first got here. And the fact that I had always been intimidated by women of color, because that was what I was programmed to believe. That was what I was taught as a child. So all of these things are so intricate in um, building that unity and knowing now that I can walk into a meeting anywhere in the world, whether they speak the language or not, and I still feel at home. I don't even have to know what they're saying, but I know what they're saying. So, um, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that now I have the opportunity to help build that in meetings and in the area that I'm in. So I just wanted to share that. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Christine. What's up, Will? Hey, family, Will, Attic. Um, yeah, just jumping in real quick on this unity piece. I could go on forever about this, but like there's a few things uh, that, that really... Um, happened in the beginning that, that made me stay, I guess. You know, there's, they talk a lot of times about like 10% of the people do 90% of the work around here and things like that. But the reality is like, I bought all the way in. I don't know that everyone does that. And it's okay if they don't, if you just come here and get clean and work a program and live a happy life, God bless you. Glad you're here. Um, I like to take things apart by nature. So to get into something and start looking at every bit and piece and wanting to be a part of and seeing where I could go was just like kind of a natural path for me. Um, and when I got here, it was, um, I've heard people share how important it was to see people who use just like I did and, um, you know, look just like I did, but the same backgrounds I did go through the same problems I did get clean. Um, for me, it was kind of the opposite. Like my first sponsor was the polar opposite of my background, um, polar opposite of the way I look polar opposite. And you know what, like when I, I've noticed like everyone's story for the most part, it all sounds the same right about that last day before we get clean. Um, it doesn't matter the substance. It doesn't matter the what there, that, that desperation piece, like, okay, no matter where I come, there's a, a story in the back of the basic text, um, of a guy or people from like Saudi Arabia and they sound just like me. Um, I went to the world convention and there was a guy in Africa that talked about like killing a cow and trying to sell the meat to get drugged. Like I was like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, like, it, so there was, there was just a lot that I was like, man, this is huge. And if you ever doubt, like for me, like. You ever see somebody in public where you shouldn't see NA and you see NA like a symbol or a sticker or a hat or a something? And all of a sudden, like, I'll knock people over to try to get over to somebody to say hi. Like, I will. Like, I'm like, me too, bro. Me too. You know, like, um, it's, so it's just, uh, I mean, the unity piece is so important. Because I've shared this on here before. Like, I, I believe, like, um, man, dereliction was really the part I got to. I don't want to lie and say I believe I'd be dead today because my, my drug of choice is done to kill people. Um, but it will have me out there just fucking lost in the woods, fucking playing Tarzan and shit. So, um, not coming home. And, uh, I, uh, I, I really could see myself stuck there. I really could. Um, and, and coming out of that and seeing other people come out of that, uh, man, when you say like, I'm clean or I'm an addict, like my, my brain instantly goes to your last day. It probably was like my last day. Um, and, and there's, there's an identification piece in that that I just can't deny. Um, so I don't know where else I'm going with that. Um. Mm -hmm. Oh, quick story. One of my friends went on vacation in Hawaii and she took a picture on a lifeguard chair and it was white with a blue NA symbol on it. And she sent me this picture and I'm like, that's awesome. Was there a meeting there? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you just took a picture in a lifeguard chair with NA. She didn't even notice the symbol. 
But like, yeah, she, she went back to later. But it's a little shit. It's like the Da Vinci Code, man. I be following shit everywhere. You put my symbol anywhere, man. I'm coming through. Um, and I've got, I went to a meeting in New Orleans where I got inside. And the guy said, "Don't worry, you're safe." I said, "I didn't know I wasn't." Motherfucker, guess I'll sit down. You know, <laughs> you know? so man, if it, there's NA meeting minutes listed, I'm showing up. I mean, like I just it's just just how I roll. So that's all I have. Thanks. All right, thanks for those comments, Will. What's up, Barb? Hey, Douglas. Um, I love this tradition. I think it's one of my favorite. But um, and I worked it a couple times before, really, before I really internalized it, the unity. Because when I got here, I wasn't thinking of no unity. I was thinking about what your problem was and how we can help. It was all about me, you know, and and what I what and I had a whole bunch of opinions. And um, I was willing to share them with you and fight to the end, like Paul said. I was the, the young man's game, you know. And um, it's been a process for me to really um, embrace the unity by by doing the traditions and and to um, to really know what that means, you know. And I think in the traditions it talks about the the group is the most powerful vehicle to carry the message, you know. That it all goes down, you know, world, all of it goes down to the group because we're on the firing line, you know. It is. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, my sponsor teaches me I'm responsible to change my little part of the world. You know, I don't get to beat you up with the traditions. I just I just be the change that I want to see in the world. I attract, not promote and and um, and worry about carrying the message. And I show up. That's what I do. I show up for my celebration to show people that it works. I show up now when I'm in horrendous pain and I wanted to. You know what I thought? I want to be depressed. Fuck it. You know, and it's okay to be depressed. As long as I don't get in a rut and hang curtains, it's okay to be depressed for a day to give myself permission. But you know what? Unity. I knew I needed to be with my people. And I've been taught that when I'm in pain, I come and I share it. When I'm happy, I come and I share it. You know, and, and um that's what I do today, you know. And I didn't I didn't want to be in that rut. You know, I I don't wanna, even though I have permission a day to do that. I don't want to be depressed. You know, how I celebrate death is with life. You know, that's how I celebrate death. You know, that's how I celebrate the, the addict that dies. I live, I live fully. I step over the bodies. That's what my sponsor told me. And I said, oh my God, that's horrible. But I step over the bodies and I live life for, for you know, the people that didn't make it here and for myself, you know. And um, and that's all the unity. You know, it's like what what Andrew get in the fucking bed, get in the middle of the fucking bed, stay there, you know, and that's what I do, the good times, the bad times, whatever, you know, and and, and I was taught I do take people's inventory, because I, I hang out, they say hang out with the winners, how do I know the winners, if I don't take your inventory, if I don't see the people that are doing the deal, you know, that are, uh, and, and so I do, but I still love you, I still, I might not want to hang out with you, but I can honestly say you guys taught me that, that I love you, you know, and, um, I'm just so grateful for this program. I've been in a lot of feelings for a few days, you know, and Douglas sent me a text earlier and I forget the the exact thing, but he said, um, like HP, nothing's too big for HP to handle and embrace it. And my first sponsor told me that embrace the pain, Barb. And I'm like, fuck that, you know, but that's what I've done. I've embraced the pain, you know, I haven't wallowed in it, but I've embraced it. And I've seen where it's, where it's taken me, you know, because I had this little one-eyed Joe die, but you know what? He's the symbol, you know, it's, there's a whole bunch of other shit in there. You know, I've grieved a whole bunch of other deaths in this, in these last couple of days, you know, that guy Paul was talking about at the meeting that's annoying as fuck. That's the guy that's going to teach me something. That's the guy that something's going to come out of his mouth and he's going to comfort me just like HP reached down and, and grabbed me. You know, and that's what I've learned from you guys today, you know, that when I got here, I couldn't live life on life's terms. You know, today I can live life on life's terms. And if I wouldn't have got in the middle of the fucking bed and, and learned to have that unity and not be all about Barb, um, I wouldn't have any of that, you know, so I'm grateful and I love you guys. So thanks. And we love you too, Barb. As much as you're here for us all the time, it's, it's, it, I think I'll speak for all of us, man. We're grateful that we're able to show up for you when you need it. And I really like how, like, are we, we're just adopting that thing from Andrew, huh? Like that's, <laughs> are we in the middle of the bed? <laughs> like That's all right. We're going to do check-ins each, each Tuesday. Who's in the middle of the bed and who... Who's uh? All right, no, maybe we won't. All right, let's turn the page. One thirty-four, folks. 
Tradition two reads, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is he may express himself in a group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Jennifer, can you start us off? Read the first two. That's going to wrap us up on page 134. Absolutely. Um, tradition two builds on the practical foundation of tradition one. We begin with unity founded on the strength of our commitment in recovery to Narcotics Anonymous. Our commitment is reflected in service that builds our common welfare, supporting a meeting, sharing with other members, sponsorship, any of the ways in which we reach out to other addicts. As groups too, our purpose is to serve, to carry the message. Oh, our purpose is to serve, to carry the message. Everything we do in service to NA is related to that purpose. Without direction, however, our services might lack consistency to guide us in serving others. We seek direction from a higher power. Sorry. Personal service arises from the... Uh, <laughs> My dogs. Personal service arises from the application of principles. Ideally, personal service is founded in a relationship with the same higher power that guides our personal recovery. This higher power also guides the various elements of our fellowship. Our direction and service comes from a God of our understanding. Whether we serve as individuals, as a group, or as a service board or committee, whether we come together, we seek the presence and guidance of this loving higher power, this direction then guides us through all our actions. This is why I shouldn't rescue dogs. Sorry, guys. Um, this is actually really beautiful. Um, I think it's really important. I know we, in our area, sometimes when we read the traditions, well, you know, when they say our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. And we say, thank God, you know, um, and so I think this really kind of tells a tale of how we need to manage ourselves when we're um, when we're in service. And and I think it's something that I still continue to learn to to this day. You know, and and sometimes I feel like the older I get in recovery, the more opinionated and stubborn that I get, and dig my heels in um, in certain areas. And and this really reminds me, like. That's, nobody actually really cares about my opinion. I can share my experience, but my opinion in this in these traditions is irrelevant. You know, um, it's laid out for a reason. It's laid out the way it's supposed to, so that it works, and it's continued to work for you know as long as we've been around. Before NA was around, it continued. You know, started to work. So, um, when we talk about personal service, arises from the application of principles. Um, it, I just because I'm in a in a service meeting and this is the one thing that I have to remember I'm in a you know home, my business meeting in my home group I'm at area service you know I'm at a you know another meeting attending the business meeting because I desire to get a service position like all of that like still needs to be grounded in the meeting that I just left right like once once I'm in my home group and then I attend you know the business meeting afterwards like my higher power doesn't change and 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 the higher power that's that's lovingly guiding us through the process in this meeting hasn't changed um do i behave as well in in service meetings not always you know um and again you know that's where you know i have to stop digging in my heels and do the you know well back in my day when we were doing blah 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 it's like well you know that everything's different and everything changes so um you know i need to remember my higher power serve me in all capacities. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Jennifer. I think that last paragraph and that last sentence is, or the last two sentences is kind of like the springboard. The next two paragraphs is probably the most powerful, you know, maybe with in, in these traditions for this boy. I mean, it, it, it kind of sets out. So let's jump into that. Um, but, but the comment I'll make on this is, is the direction guides us through our actions whenever Whenever I'm looking to come together to make a decision with with other people, the something that that maybe I I ought to do a lot more is to kind of see, hey, number one, what 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 would HP have me do in this situation? Number two, does it benefit all of us or is it just me? You know, some of these basic things. If I would put that um, kind of before I make a decision, I might. It's like it, it's good it, on when I look at it here. It's like yeah, man like do that like before any decisions are made kind of take a step back and do that but I'm really human though you know and I have emotions and sometimes like I'll be quick to say you know well maybe go fuck yourself and then it's like oh shit you know 
that's that's probably not what HP wanted me to say in you know in that in that instance. So let's jump into the next two, and that's where um, uh, I'm excited to to share about that. Lee, would you be willing to read those next two and comment, please? Top of one thirty-five. Absolutely, Douglas. Thank you. Everybody has opinions on how to serve more effectively. When we each propose a different plan for any course of action, how do we choose among them? Who has the final say in our discussions? Our answer is that a loving God, the source of our unity, has the final say, the same higher power that guides our personal recovery. If we find, I'm sorry, if we are to find guidance from an ultimate authority, we need to find means of hearing that guidance together. The mechanism we use is group conscious. The success of the group conscious process depends on our willingness as individuals to seek guidance from a higher power on a personal level. We then bring that willingness into the group setting. And, and yeah, though, this is a, a great tradition. Um, I've gotten older in Narcotics Anonymous. And so in our business meetings, I say very little. Um, and Lisa and, 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 Will, and Will are in for a treat. I don't know how the cycles are going to work out for you guys to end up at a face-to-face -face conference. Uh, and I don't guess that would be breaking you guys' anonymity because you both are, are delegates. And everybody in PA knows you guys are delegates. So. What did you say earlier, Doug? I don't give a... No, I'm just kidding. Um, this year, this year was the first, uh, the first year that our conference wasn't U.S. centric, uh, and I and I got to watch again a higher power guiding the course of our fellowship worldwide. Um, I've I've given less and less opinion, you know, as time as time travels on and my service becomes more recovery based. I remember Paul and I telling a story of maybe it was eight years ago where I lost it in a business meeting uh, at my home group because this lady flipped me off, but they didn't see her flip me off. They just saw me flash, you know, and then it was suggested strongly that I make immediate amends, which I did. Um and that was like one in, it's, you know, it, it's not a lot anymore. Um, I, I believe what you just said, Douglas, is that if I bring that personal recovery piece with me to the tables of the service body and listen for the group's conscious, be willing to be open-minded. Jennifer just, just nailed it when she said the, the, the constant is change. I I am so grateful. I haven't heard anybody say, "Well, back in the day we did blah." blah you know, nobody wants to hear that anymore, man. I know I don't. I would probably cringe. You would probably see my physical reaction if somebody actually said that. Um, because I'm willing to be, and somewhere in our literature, in our basic text, I think it says, "Be more like a palm tree, and less like an oak tree." And I paraphrase really poorly, and I'm really tired, guys. So forgive me. Um, but my ability to listen to the group or whatever the service body is in communication, in discussions, in coming up with a, a conscious is, is uh, it's becoming a spiritual event. And it sounds really hokey to say that, you know, I mean, street barb, I never, we never took a conscious out there ever. There was nothing of this nature. And so I'm, I'm real grateful that my guys worked me through the traditions and the groups we've had to study these. And, and Paul, before you leave, Paul, Paul, before you leave, just saying, just a suggestion. Anyway, that's plenty out of me, Douglas. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Lee. And the margins I have for these two paragraphs is I looked at, you know, this is the main cause of, of a lot of issues within NA. You know, and and uh, if 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 I bring that perspective to it, man, I can see from a, a number of things may come to mind, but it, and it's not just like a formal service body that we come together and say, hey, look, how I get in touch with my higher power and the conscious that I that I'm guided by, 
I bring that into the, the the group atmosphere. It doesn't have to say area service. It doesn't have to have, you know, a name that we label it or whatever. Like we we have kind of like steering committees or something like that for 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 this podcast and and to make sure it's just not one mind, you know, running it or whatever like that. And um and that's a, and Lee, you're exactly right. That's the, that's what it ought to be called. It's a spiritual event. That's exactly what it is. We come together, we th- we we talk about different things and then we let the eight HP kind of has his way with it and plan it out. And one of the funniest things was when we started out, started off to do the SPAD, when it was just a draft, I was like, all right, fuck it. We're rolling it out tomorrow. And it was, you know, and it was a lot of you on here. It was like, I was getting, you know, we, we were like going back and forth. You were like, well, I'm not really sure. That's how we're, and I was dead set on it. Like I was dead. Ready there, to roll. Yeah. There, there was no way that we weren't starting, you know, the next day. And then it was just like, it's spiritual event, man. It's like, hey, look, you know, we all get in touch with our, our HP in that journey. We bring it together. And then that that provides, that's beautiful, man. I just I, I just was doing an interview with Ashley Kay on a check-in. And she's talking about how, you know, she does that with the family unit. You know, like almost like a group conscious with the family unit. And it's fucking, it gives me a lot of hope, man. It really does. It's like, hey, here, here's what it, and you know what it does? Uh, and I, I say this very lighthearted because it's funny because it's so true. I can be a petty ass bitch. I really, I can be a PAB capital letters all day long. I can be so petty and getting in touch with this man allows me to take a step back and say, you know what, man, I'm number one, I'm not that fucking important. My, what I'm thinking, you know, about some, whatever, put it to the side. And I can say yes. When, when, when it benefits, you know, people, when it benefits the whole and I'm part of the whole where, whereas a no would just serve me, you know? And so Douglas, a lot of hope Douglas, what Douglas, What's the name of the truck stop while we had the group conscious at in uh, Oklahoma? Do you remember? Jennifer? Nebraska. I don't remember. (laughs) What was the name of that truck stop? We had a small group conscious, remember? All right. We're mutant, Lee. All right. That's (laughs) All right, Lisa, what's what's happening? Sounds like Douglas got his uh, inventory taken at a truck stop somewhere in Canada. Um, so I, I really like these last couple paragraphs. Um, and I relate to the idea of like kind of using group conscience, you know, I see it show up in my family. I see it show up, you know, in my workplace, um, in those moments where like, there's a lot of disagreements and we just kind of have to stop and ask ourselves like, what the fuck is it exactly that we are trying to accomplish here and kind of get back to, you know, that baseline. And, you know, my partner and I joke all the time about sponsoring the kids and parenting the sponsees and how the decision-making process is like that sometimes. Um, Man, I can be a petty ass bitch too, because like the first read through of these last two paragraphs was like, well, I guess I just can't serve alongside people who don't have a fucking third step. Right. Um, And like, I, I, I love this tradition though. And that's, that's not the case at all. Right. That's not the case in reality. Um, I love this tradition because it frees me. It's kind of similar to tradition three and step three for me in that it frees me from being the judge of the universe, right? It frees me from, cause like, this is a little bit weird. Cause kind of like how I grew up with like my trauma and my family, um, I was one of those kids that like, everybody always said like, oh, you're wise beyond your years. You know, no, I had to grow up way too fucking fast because of the trauma, right? I raised my brothers. I was, I had to have my shit together because I had, you know, a using addict mother and I never knew what I was coming home to, right? So for me, I always felt responsible for making every decision and making sure that everything went off without a hitch. And and that in my adulthood looks like control issues, right? It looks like high anxiety. It looks like type A. It looks like hyper-organized. It looks like OCD. But when I put all that shit in my own third step and I surrender like my will in my life to the care of a loving God, right? I make slightly better decisions for myself. And when I look at like this tradition, that's what this does for the group, right? Um, And thank God for that too, because like when I'm left to my own devices, right? Like I'm going to parallel my third step with this tradition for a second. When I'm left to my own devices, I do fucking dumb shit, right? Getting high is like probably some of the least of those dumb things that I do when I'm making my own choices. So when I come into NA, 
Like this tradition also allows me to kind of turn my trust over to the group, knowing that the same loving, caring, higher power that is working in my third step is also working in our group conscience. Because like, if you guys are like me and we're all the same and that whole anonymity thing applies, like, and I know I make fucked up, stupid decisions. How am I supposed to trust that you as a whole entire, we as a whole entire group of fucked up people are going to also make good decisions? I, I don't, right? I don't. Until I recognize that God is expressing itself in our group conscience, right? Whatever that means to anybody else. Um, and for me, like my first experience, I've shared this with you guys before, my first experience of higher power in Narcotics Anonymous was watching the program work in the lives of other addicts. That was my first spiritual experience right around my first year clean, Um and thank God that our leader, I don't even like the word leaders in this tradition so much, um, but we're trusted servants, right? We're not politicians. We're not people with titles. We're not, you know, I do serve. I am trusted to be of service. And I have to remember that that's what I'm called to do when I'm encouraged to take a service position. I am there to serve. I'm not there for money, property, prestige. I'm not there for a name or a title, and that also kind of relieves me of the pressure of being someone in an anonymous fellowship. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for those comments, Lisa. What's up, Christine? This always, this gets me because um, our leaders are trusted servants. They do not govern. It is so important. And on the home group level, when we have newer members to set the example and let them know that they have a voice and their voice matters in the home group and the group conscience and how that affects the area and fellowship as a whole. We had, um, I would say a little over a decade ago, our area split. And there were a couple guys who were integral in that split. Um, and a lot of us felt like it really wasn't done on the up and up, but they were two uh, very well-known members with big personalities and strong opinions and very well-respected. And um, they perpetuated and facilitated that split. And I remember going to our home group meeting, right? Like after everything kind of went down and um, they, it was just assumed in the home group that our meeting would go and support the new area as opposed to staying with the Tidewater area. This is when Tidewater and Beach area formed. And, um, and we had a lot of newer members in the home group too who were just going to, because they didn't know they had a voice yet. They didn't know that their voice mattered. They were just gonna roll with what the grand poobah was doing because that's what you do. Like he's, they're the leaders. And I was so angry in that home group meeting that um, I was like, I don't recall us doing a group conscience vote on this, you know, like what area where this meeting is going to be a part of. Um, and they were like, oh, well, okay, we'll just go on ahead and vote. And I was like, no. I make a motion that we put it off for a week and let our members go out and ask other members of the fellowship how this could impact them, which area our home group chooses to go to. And then we can come back and vote. I'm not going to steamroll this shit right now because these guys don't really know what's going on and they're going to follow you blindly. This is a teaching moment. And, um, Ever since that, like it has been so important to me because that's where I really found my voice and found out that my voice mattered was on the home group level. And I mean, there were there were people who looked at me in that home group meeting like you have lost your friggin' mind. How dare you challenge the poobah? But I will let you know, like the next day, the poobah called me and was like, are we good? <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're good, but last night was not okay, you know, so, and we ended up, they voted on making the motion to wait a week so that members could go out and ask questions and find out what the impact would be to them, so 
it's so important that even though it appears our leaders are leaders, they're not. They're simply someone with a little more experience that's standing beside us in line. And you know what? Next time, that could be me. That could be you. So if you're new and you're participating on the home group level, please use your voice. It matters. That's what I got. Thanks for those comments, Christine. Will, then Barb, I got to eat for two and a half. Yeah, Will, Attic, thanks. Um, I was lying, who has the final say in our discussions? Um, so when I got here, there's a, uh, I got into service pretty early, and um, I would always ask all these questions. And I like what Lee said about being the old timer that kind of doesn't say much at service committee, because I have that guy in my area too. Um, that'll kind of just sit back and let us fucking bump our heads off the wall and, and kind of chime in a little bit every now and again. Um, and he, he told us a long time ago, man, he said, you know, listen, group conscience is always going to be done. It's always going to be done. Um, you don't have to worry about so much about fucking it up because if you do, the group will let you know. You know, you, the support around you will let you know if you did right or wrong. Um, and I remember like, when there's a problem or something goes wrong, something about me that wants to fix it right now. Um, and I want to fix it forever. And I, I think I can come up with some smart ass idea that how we're just going to make everything never have a problem ever again. Um, and usually it's like immediately following the meeting where it happened right now. Um, you know, so it just, I remember like the, some of the meetings by me, we have smoke breaks in the middle. And we think Lisa shared about that. And then somebody will come in and they'll go, we should not do that anymore. And the next week, like two people that smoke will come back and be like, we have an emergency business meeting. We're doing that shit again. And like, it'll go back. I've seen it go back and forth, like over the course of a couple of months. Um, and it's just fun to watch, man. I just wanted to give a shout out to anybody that might be out there considering service who thinks they might not be ready. Man, get in that shit. We didn't know nothing either. We fucking, we learned the hard way. But like back to that unity piece is like, I um and I've shared on here a number of times. Like I firmly believe I I I, I can't live without this program, especially not the life I'm trying to live. Um, so I'm not leaving. So we can we can fuck this up as much as you want. Like I I'm I'm gonna be here. You're gonna be here. Uh, you know, eventually we'll find out if, if what we're doing is the right thing or if we need to get some guidance and things like that. But like it's just uh, I um, I don't have a, a higher power that I can firmly um identify. Doesn't have a name. Never told to me. So I don't know it. Um, so when we're talking about a group conscience being loving, uh, guided by a loving higher power, and I, I assume, you know, I'm still meeting this person or this deity or this thing or whatever is guiding me. So I've been pretty open-minded to, okay, we'll, we'll figure out what's going to happen. We'll figure it out. You know, it, you know, and I mean, there's certain things that are gimmies, but for the most part, like big decisions, they'll, they'll, they'll make themselves out. And I've gotten to a point too, where like, especially at the home group level, um asc level like if we can't all come to the same conclusion like i'm not comfortable voting on things anymore like i'm, I'm really like hey listen we all got to get on the same page because i don't want anybody leaving it's not going to be okay well you guys do what you want then we'll go here like if it's best for the group we'll all come to the same or we could table that shit because like i said man, i've come to learn that like man the problem will still be here next week when we get back next month if something will show itself you know more will be revealed uh those kind of phrases they used to throw at me they used to piss me off um have, have showed a lot of merit so that's all I have. Thanks. Thanks for his comments, Will. What's up, Barb? Hey, Doug. Um, I a couple of these. I'll, if we are to find guidance from an ultimate authority, we need to find the means of hearing that guidance together, and then we we then bring that willingness into the group setting. And I like what Christine said about being the example. And I've how I've learned. Um, I was just in a business meeting, and I was paying attention to me, and I learned so much about me. Even if I don't open my mouth, if I pay attention, what I'm thinking when you're speaking, that's how I learn. And through through, I've learned stuff through the concepts and the traditions, working them through Al-Anon. Listen, you know how much I've realized that I don't listen to what you say. You know, by truly listening through the concepts, everybody has a right to speak and listen to them speak and don't belittle their speaking, you know, be inclusive and um, pay attention to me. And and that's how um, how I find peace within that, you know, and how I create that unity, I think. And I was in this business meeting, this guy was going on, CEO of a company, here we go, you know, but I'm paying attention to all this shit in my head and how I want to interrupt and, and, and interject 
And it's really fascinating what I get to learn about me and how I get to sit back. And I think that's how I invite HP in. And I too can't tell you who my HP is, you know, and I don't have to. I just know that there's something. I know there's something been with me the last few days that I've said, help me. And I've, I've got help, you know. But um, that's what I that's what I've learned is is to um, that I got to pick up the tools and I got to listen and I got to not be a know it all and I got to be teachable and I got to be open minded and I got to do all these spiritual and take them in there so HP can can um, speak because I left a group because I was mad they voted too quickly to you know about something that I didn't I didn't agree with and I took my toys and went home you know and that was a valuable lesson for me you know. And I'm still not a part of that group, but I, but I, by looking at me, I see where I was wrong, you know, because I'm the problem most of the time, you know, so I need to worry about this right here and let you be you. And that's how I invite HP in. So thanks. Thanks for those comments. But everything is always appropriate to have a season of <laughs> fuck y'all. You know, I'm gonna go do my own thing for a little while. All right, folks, thanks for kicking with us for the last hour. But uh, if you know somebody who could benefit from this resource, please do provide it to them. And if there's a way that we could help, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we love you, folks. Hey, thank you for spending some time with us and walking on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so and reach out to us. Oh, there's a podcast number, there's a Facebook page, um, and you probably um, have contacted one of the squad already. Continue to do so. Pour into us, allow us to be filled up, and that way we can continue to pour into you. I love you, folks.